You're listening to the Football Revolution. Welcome to the Football Revolution. I'm your host, Geo. Thanks for joining us. Some big results, too many red cards, and teams can't afford to be throwing away points in such a tight race. And joining me to chat about the week that has been my co-host, VIG. How are you? Good evening. Uh, not so good. Matt, we'll touch on that in a sec. But uh, firstly, more importantly, did you spoil your wife on her birthday today? I did. I did. Uh, I, I had a pool party and you didn't invite I, me. I'm very offended. Had some plans, but the little one was uh, was sick, so he didn't go to daycare today. So um, had him at home and uh, spent some time by the pool. It was an uh, absolute scorcher. So, um, yeah, good to have a few drinks by the pool. And if I was being a bit cynical, he was being a grass cutter. He right. was. He He's was. in the way, mate. He's in the way. You don't get any time, any 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 uh, romantic time now that you've got a baby. And that one chance you get while he's at daycare, he decides, now I'm going to stay home and be the main man. Big grass cutter. And, and his, <laughs> grandma, his grandma actually bought him a toy lawnmower the other day. So... Um, Maybe he was a, he got that out for a bit of practice. <laughs> I knew I was on the money. Last week, Heroes, and now Zeros, your team uh, won the EPL Cup last week. Uh, a week later, they've been smashed by Liverpool 7-0. You wouldn't have dreamed of that scoreline, would you? Yeah, well, I, I think I was dreaming because, uh, lucky I didn't get up to watch it. Um, That's not a nightmare, mate, not a dream. Yeah, it was a nightmare. <laughs> it was a nightmare. Um, yeah, I, I planned on, on waking up to watch it, but I, I had a late one last night and... Um, Thought you know, I'll, I'll let it go. And, and when I woke up, checked my phone. Um, yeah, it was like a, a bad dream. So no excuses. Liverpool were brilliant. They'll, they'll, they'll you know, back to their back to their best. And, and we know how good they they can be. They've had a bit of a, a dip in form this season, but um, take take nothing against their performance. They were brilliant. But um, these these sort of things shouldn't happen to, to big teams. Seven nil. What a disgrace! Anyway, I'll let you off the hook. I, I've enjoyed this enough too much, and uh, I'll uh, I'll let you I'll let you get away with this one. But uh, thirty-two teams have expressed interest in our national second division. Any surprises or shocking admissions? Uh, who are the must-haves? Yeah, look, the, the, there's no real big big surprises. Um, obviously, like you said, in in Sydney um, or in New South Wales, the, the big old NSL uh, big guns, the Marconi, Sydney Olympic, Sydney United, Wollongong Wolves. Uh, they've all put their they had in the ring. Um, the interesting one for me in New South Wales is is the Sutherland Sharks and Cronulla Sharks. It's a it's a joint venture or um, with, with the rugby league team. So that I guess they'll play out at a points bet stadium where the Sharks play uh, their rugby league. So that, that that's that's a little bit interesting. And um, obviously um, the the Shire Sutherland Shire is a a massive um, hotbed for for football. Uh, junior football in, in the country, I think it's got the biggest participation rate or the biggest registration rate. So, um, you know, I, I think that's an interesting one. And, and they had a sort of failed bid for the, for the Sutherland Shire um, in, in the A-League expansion a couple of years back uh, that went to MacArthur. Some interesting ones in there. Fraser Park FC. Um, and I know I saw Anthony Albanese out there taking some photos in his uh, Fraser Park kit. Fraser Park, as well as, say, a team like... Uh you know, if we look through the list, uh, a Brunswick Juventus. Do you see teams like this having any chance against you know the big the big powerhouses that have been around a long time who have waited sixteen years to get a crack back at the big time, or do you think this is going to be a you know kind of like you've you've uh, you've you've put a, your expression of interest in? That's a great achievement for a small club, and that's all she wrote. Yeah, I'm not sure. Look, at the end of the day, it all comes down to money. So if if the club has the money to do it, if they have the facilities, if they have the backing, then. 
um, you know, why shouldn't they be given an opportunity? Town United, your current uh, MPL team, they're not making a late bid? I don't think so, mate. I don't think so. <laughs> I thought that there might be a chance that they were coming in with the Smokey, but uh, maybe my intel was wrong. But uh, mate, moving I, I, I want to retire next year. I don't want to be playing in the National Second Division, so we'll see how it goes. <laughs> All right, on the topic uh, from a few weeks ago of Ed Shearer, and he proved how big a star he is off the stage as well as on it by performing for all the kiddies at the Royal Children's Hospital. So thank you, uh, Ed Shearer, and you're an absolute legend. I loved your concert, and uh, we can't wait for you to come back again. Quick update on the 160 kilometres for AVM update. Our superhuman Bulls physio, Brendan BMW Wyatt's upcoming Herculean run on the 15th of April in memory of Bulls skipper, Willie DeVilla's wife, Lily W is my new nickname for this legend. So it stands for uh, Brendan Machine Wyatt. It also is, he's got, his middle name is Michael, so it could be for that. But uh, I definitely think he is an absolute machine. Uh, Sunday's Orange Marathon, he was hoping to run in under three hours and unfortunately he fell just short uh, by 37 seconds of his target, but he finished in sixth place, which was an amazing effort. Uh, last week, the amount raised was just over 4K, and I'm pleased to say this week he has passed the 5K target, currently sitting at just over uh, $5,400. I think we can still do more, so please go to the my, mycause.com.au link we have set up on our Direct Me page to donate. We'll have another update next week on what BMW is up to heading towards the big dance on the 15th of April. Yeah, amazing. Look, anyone that's that's pushing for three hours in a in a marathon is he's he's absolutely moving. So, um, hats off to him. Uh, I know he just just missed his his goal, but he's he's flying at the moment and he's just uh, humming along like a BMW, isn't he? Yeah, mate, he's an absolute machine. Uh, Aussies abroad, no trophies, but plenty of game time for our lads. So, not much to report on that. Uh, Premier League news. So, Reese Nelson with a late. Late winner as the Gunners fight back from 2-0 down to defeat Bournemouth. City Dent fellow top four contenders Newcastle's push with a 2-0 win. Southampton jump off, jump off the bottom of the table with a crucial 1-0 win over the Foxes, leaving them just one point away from safety. So I think 17th is Leeds United. Uh, so they're, they're hunting them down. So there is a race for uh, survival. Brighton proving they're just fine without Potter, belting the Hammers 4-0 to sit in an impressive eighth, just one win behind sixth and ahead of Potter's Chelsea. I think they're having the last laugh on him. And Liverpool shows bitter rivals Man United and the rest of the league. There's plenty plenty of fight left in Klopp's men with a stunning 7-0 dismantling of the Red Devils. Yeah, where do I start? Let's go back to Arsenal. Um, you know, I think I think they've won three or four games now uh, with, with winners in stoppage time this season. So, um, you know, like I said, I, I think they've been the best team so far. I know we said last week it might go down to the wire, but... Uh, when, when they're pulling off victories like this in, in stoppage time, maybe it's just meant to be for, for them this season. Yeah, there's something, there's a, there's a force of uh, good or evil somewhere pulling the uh, the Gunners towards a, a long overdue title. And if they do, you know, good luck to Arteta and his team because they uh, have been fantastic this year. So player escape room, last year's MPL Victoria men's gold medal winner, Heidelberg striker Kane Shepard joins us for a chat. We wrap up match day 16 with a round 10 fixture thrown in of the A-League women's competition. Revolutionised roundup of the weekend's men's games, and is there anything I didn't see? Big. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to talk about Aaron Moy because he's absolutely flying in Scotland. Um, another two assists overnight. I think they they beat St Mirren five one five one. It was it. Um, I think that's in his last twelve games now. I read somewhere that's uh, six goals, six assists. Um, so he's he's just absolutely thriving. Ange knows what, how good he is and and what a player he is and. It obviously took him a little bit of time to, to settle in and adjust, and I think the World Cup did him a, a you know huge, huge. Um, you know, it was it was so good for him. Um, he's come back from that with with so much confidence, and he's taken that into the Premiership now. 
And, um, you know, he's, he's almost first name on that team sheet every week, every week for Ange. I'm sure Huddersfield wishing they still had him based on the way they've been, <laughs> like they've been on a slippery slide from the Premier League down. So, uh, they sure could do with our bald Aussie star, but, uh, Getting into the A-League women's wrap, so powerful Melbourne City easily brush, brush aside the home side, Newcastle Jets 4-0 to keep the pressure on Western United and Sydney FC. An entertaining game that had five first-half goals, another added in the second, saw the host Canberra United defeat Adelaide United 4-2, and they can thank their star striker, former Matilda Michelle Heyman, who followed up last week's double with a hat-trick. Wellington missed the opportunity to claim a second win of the season, are left to Rue not taking their chances as Brisbane equalises late to steal a point on the road. Rachel Lowe helped herself to a brace as back-to-back Premier Sydney FC showed new kids on the block and league leaders Western United. They are still chasing a treble, defeating them 3-0 at Jubilee Stadium. And Perth Glory entertained Western Sydney Wanderers. The match ending in a 1-1 draw, which probably is a fair result. 37 shots, only eight on target and two goals, probably highlighting with more clinical finishing. Both teams could have won many more football games this season. Update of the table. So Western United's on 33, Sydney FC are on 30, Melbourne City on 28, Melbourne Victory on 23, rounding out the top four in the final spots, followed by Canberra United also on 23 and Perth Glory on 19. But there was a decision today uh, that looks like Sydney will gain three points and Canberra will be deducted three. They are appealing, so it's not set in stone yet. And with four rounds to play and a few catch-up games, there is no room for errors. There was a decision made that... Uh, Canberra United used four subs in their game against Sydney FC, and you're allowed to make five changes, but you can only use it, uh, make the changes on three different occasions. So they made four changes on four different occas- occasions. So should have been picked up by the fourth official. It wasn't. So now instead of them sitting nice and pretty here, uh, and and basically in a, a real a real contest here to beat victory into the top four, it looks like now that Sydney FC could jump to 33 equal Western United, and they'll go down to to 20, which means that they'll be chasing their tails. So we'll touch. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not having that. I think if if that wasn't picked up by the officials, it's the officials' job to to understand the rules and, and to officiate on that. It's 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 a an honest mistake, I think, from from Canberra. And they're, they're going to get punished for, for something that the officials should have picked up on the day. See, they are saying that they, they were under the impression because they had a head injury that they were able to make that fourth additional change. But the only player that went off injured was someone who was limping. So I, it is clouded in a little bit of, uh, you know, confusion, a little bit of... Well, uh, was she was she walking on her head or something? What's going yeah, on? Yeah, I'm not sure what she was. I think she was walking on water. But, yeah, I'm not sure exactly what she was doing. But it, look, there is a, it is a bit of mystery. I think it's because it's only come out today. It will take a little time for the dust to settle and for us to find out all the facts. But uh, my weekly rap has been replaced by Shout Out, dedicating a weekly song to a team or player for their good or bad performance. This week's shout-out goes to Canberra United sensational former Matilda, Michelle Heyman. She followed up last week's brace with a hat-trick against Adelaide. And she could be playing overseas, but has given and continues to give so much to the women's A-League here, which can only help the game here in the future. So the song we send to you is Silverberg and Shelley Fairchild's uplifting track, Made to Shine. And there's not many that shine much brighter in the league than her. So we hope to see you knocking in the goals for many more years to come. A-League men's table, Melbourne City 37 with an extra to play, Wanderers 31, Adelaide United also on 31, Central Coast on 28, Wellington also on 28, and Sydney FC a further point back on 27, rounding out the top six. Good wins for the Wanderers, Adelaide, Wellington, and Sydney have strengthened their finals positions. Unfortunately for the Mariners, who were sitting comfortably uh, a few weeks ago, they've now had, uh, without a win in three, slipped from second to fourth and are now looking over their shoulder at the chasing pack. So a lot to play for in the coming weeks. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, pl- plenty happening. Um, City slipping at, at the top. Adelaide with a with a great win, and 
um, you know, put, put pressure on, on Western Sydney for that top two spot. They're, they're, they're fighting for that. Um, and, and then the three behind them, obviously, Central Coast, Wellington and, and Sydney, you think are, are probably, you know, nailed on for those four, five and, and, and six. But uh, Newcastle and MacArthur with a with a late winner uh, keep them in the hunt as well. So um, in, interesting to see how it goes. But I'm feeling that the top six is, is starting to take shape. Yeah, so our revolutionised roundup, we select a match of a day each and then uh, we do a mini review, just a, a few lines of uh, the other four games. So in the main game, we do the score, the goal scorers, the players of the game, the turning point and what we would have changed, either coach VIG or GO to try and get a result, uh, either for one team or both, or a better result. So the first game was Adelaide United versus Melbourne City on Friday. How did you see this one, VIG? Yeah, this is this is my match match of the round for, for me. Um, Not surprisingly. Uh, yeah, look. Uh, w- when I looked at the fixture, I thought this is this is an interesting fixture. Uh, you know, it's, it's always a, a, a good game. Um, always plenty of goals in, in this one. So, final score was four two to Adelaide. Um, a little bit of a surprise. Uh, City have been flying in in such good form. Adelaide a little bit up and down, but um, goal scorers for Adelaide were Lachlan Barr, Craig Goodwin, Luis Dorigo, and Nestori Irankunda again. Um, and for City it was uh, Andrew Nabu and, and Marco Tilio on the score sheet. Um, as well, and Irakunda with with a late goal, um, you know he, he just scores he just scores bombs every week. Nice finish again. So, uh, player of the match, um, I'm going to wind the clock back a little bit and, and give it to the Spanish maestro Isaís. So two assists in the game. Um, he was just pulling strings all, all night, like the old days. So um, good to see him back um, in the squad. I, I think he had a, a red card suspension. It's been a um, tough season for him, hasn't it? He hasn't uh, hit the same heights that he has previously in the A League. No, look, he's he's obviously getting on a little bit, and um, but but he does still have that little bit of quality and, and class, and he can find that pass. Uh, but he's had a bit of a frustrating season with a, with a few red card suspensions, and um, you know maybe maybe the pace of the game is is getting away from him a little bit. But um, oh, I thought he was brilliant the other night, and um, you know really, really helped. Um, you know, get get the ball moving forward for for Adelaide and and get get their attacking players in in good positions and um, scoring goals off it. So he was Mate, my no player of the way, match. No better way for him to prove his doubters wrong than uh, putting in a performance like that against the league leader City. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, he, he's a he's a class player. He's been a class player in the league for a number of years. And um, yes, he's getting on, but he but he still does have it. Uh, so, um, but yeah, the, the turning point for me. Um, it was a, there was a McLaren miss in the first half, and, and then coupled with Lachlan Barr's goal in, in first half stoppage time um, to make, to make it one all. So um, you know that, that that goal, a goal before half time, it, it's always a coach killer. It changes the momentum of, um, momentum of a game, um, and Adelaide go in with a with their tails up. Um, and, you know it's a bit of a blow for City going into going into half time, and, and they come out in the second half and. Adelaide just blow them away in that first 10, 15 of the second half. So um, that was a turning point for me. And and what I would have changed, um, Adelaide go 3-1 up uh, when Luis Dorigo scored in the 57th. And um, Rado Vidasic, he only makes one sub in the 60th minute. And it's Scott Jamison, a defender um, for for a midfielder in uh, Van der Ven. So I think surely, surely, I don't, I don't know, you bring a, a have a crack, have a crack. Yeah, yeah. You bring you, you're three one down. I, I don't understand. You're putting a defender on what to to shore up the back line so what, you don't lose four five six one or something like that. It doesn't really make sense to me. Uh, you got Florin Berenguer on the bench. Um, 
you know, if, if he wasn't fit or something, then he shouldn't be in the squad. But um, surely, you know, I know the score's 3-1. There's still 30 minutes to go. You've got to put attack. You've got to put attacking players on and, and try and get something out of the game. Mate, quick question for you. After a fantastic win like that for Adelaide against the league leaders, uh, you know, who have been flying, is Adelaide's Achilles heel their defence? So they've conceded 31 goals this year, only slightly better than the three teams who have conceded the most, who, who have got the worst, uh, you know, defences. They've uh, conceded two goals on five occasions, three goals on two occasions, and four goals on two occasions. So is it an issue? Can they... Can their attack, you know, shine through, and they can and get get away with this in finals football, or is that just too big a leaky boat to uh to get you uh all the way to the big dance and uh, claim the title? Yeah, look, it's a lot of goals, and I'm looking at their their goal difference. It's uh, it's only plus four at the moment. So, um, yeah, look, I think it is an issue. If if I'm honest, um, their their attack's been really good and, and probably bailed them out a, a few times. But if you're conceding two, three, four goals a game, then you're making it very difficult for yourself, and and you're putting a lot of um, a lot of stress and emphasis on on your attackers to to bail you out. So, I think it, it may be their undoing uh, come the end of the season and and going into finals. Um, I think they'll definitely be there for the finals. And once you get in there, yes, things can change, um, and it, it's anyone's anyone's game for the taking. But I think um, it, it could be their undoing in the end. All right, moving on to the first of the four Saturday games. So Wellington Phoenix versus Newcastle Jets. The final score was 2-1. The Phoenix continue their impressive season with their win against the inconsistent Jets. Zawada with his 11th of the season and Sale is as solid as a rock at the other end as usual, keeping themselves wedged inside the top six. So the question I have for you, VIG, is I know we're, we're looking at this current season, but how much will they miss Sale, Lewis and Yagarkovic who have all announced that they'll be moving on at the end of the season? Is it a distraction yeah. Yeah, it, it may well be. Um, I think Ollie Sale's a, a, a big one. Um, he's been he's been tremendous for him all year. He's pulled out some big saves in in big key moments during games. So, um, you know, I, I think that they may miss him. But there's plenty of other good keepers around the league, and and probably some some good young uh, keepers in NZ. Uh, they're coming through the ranks. So, you know, one 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 door closes and, and another opens for for someone else to slot into that spot. Um, and the others, you know, I'm not sure they'll be a, a huge miss, but um, play, players announcing that they're, they're leaving halfway through the season, um, you know, it's a bit, it's a bit awkward. It's a bit, it's a bit weird, if you ask me, mate. If you are, if you bet on anyone to be able to recover from losing players, it's Ufaktale. He did it last year, he did it the year before. He's the king of finding new guys. This year, he's got Krayev, Zawada, you know, all these sorts of guys. So, uh, yeah, look, if anyone's capable and up to the challenge, it's definitely him. Moving on to the second of the Saturday games, it was the blockbuster between Western City Wanderers and the Central Coast Mariners. Uh, the final score, this is my uh, match match of the round. So the final score was 2-0 to the home team, the Wanderers. The goal scorers were Brandon Borello in the 26th and Romain Malfitano in the 60th. For me, not surprisingly, if you watch the game, my player of the match by far and away was Socceroo and Wanderers star Borello, who's continuing his outstanding season back in the A-League. With his eighth goal, plus he's had two assists this season, uh, there's been a lot of uh, weight on his uh, on his wide shoulders this season, considering they don't have a, a real target man, and we've highlighted this on many occasions. So he's uh, he's contributed immensely in the attacking, uh, attacking end of the, the pitch, as well as he's also tracking back and doing his share there. So... He's been absolutely fantastic, and I know you've been very impressed by the way he's performed this season as well. Yeah, definitely. Look, he's he's just an absolute machine, isn't he? He runs all day. 
Um, and we've known that for, for a long time. He's, he's, he's a physical presence, um, and he's not an out-and-out striker, but he's playing up top in a, in a sort of a, a two-man um, attack. So he, he's, he's obviously preferred position is, I think, more, more uh, wider and, and coming in, but uh, he's really found his, found his spot there at, at the Wanderers, and, and he's scoring goals now. So he's added that to his game, and um, fitness-wise and, and the effort he puts in, um, you know, closing down, playing that uh, high press. Um, he does a lot of work off the ball, um, but now he's sort of reaping the rewards uh, with the ball and, and scoring lots of goals. So hats off to him. And, and we spoke about it last week. I think he should be uh, in the mix for a soccer who's call up. I, I was going to say it's uh, definitely a great advertisement for the A-League because, to be honest, he was nowhere near when he was playing in Germany. I know it might be a great opportunity to say you're playing in the Bundesliga or playing professionally in Germany and stuff, but he wasn't getting to show what he's capable of because he wasn't getting to play enough. And when we saw glimpses, that's great, but he wasn't. He's come back here in the A-League. Uh, the competition's solid. He's you know he's, Every week he's going out there and showing what he's capable of, and that's a better showreel than what he was doing over in Germany. So... Hats off to him. Congratulations. And, uh, you know, bigger and better things probably for him to come uh, with the remainder of the season. The uh, the turning point for me was the problem is there was no turning point. And this is not a catch. This is not a joke. But uh, there was no turning point. They came out of the blocks slow, the Mariners. They never got into gear and were second best most of the evening. So um, I, don't, I, I don't think that anything changed for them. It was exactly like the same from, from the first minute to the 90th minute. They were just, you know, the second best team on the pitch. And it's no disgrace because the Wanderers are a real good side with real good depth. But uh, it's definitely not the Mariners team that we've, uh, you know, we've seen throughout the season. And, and you know, they are entitled to a, to a night off. Um, even the last couple of games where they've dropped points, you know, to at home last week to uh, Wellington and so on, they at least dominated the game. They just couldn't close it out. And But in this one, they just didn't, even get close to dominating the game. So, um, yeah, that's how I saw it. And uh, the last thing is that what what I've done to change the game. So with the Wanderers lineup with a 4-4-2 block and the Mariners counted with a 4-1-4-1, I would have liked to have them to have pushed Silvera or Encololo before he got sent off or Theo Theo Harris or Tulio who came came on off the bench further forward. You know, like you're playing against the block that's sitting back um, and they're in the kind of, you know, well set up, but they've got their two forward and they're going to get one, one or two guys supporting them, but they're going to have six behind the ball, including a keeper. So I just didn't think that was an easy way of breaking this team down, and especially when you went behind one and then two. I know you end up losing a, and going down to 10 men, but uh, that was only after the, the Wanderers had lost it, lost a player and gone down to 10. So I just wish he'd done more and gone at them. I'm not sure why he didn't, but, uh, you know, that's why he's there and he's the one making the calls and I'm not, but... Uh, yeah, I just wish they'd gone a little bit harder at uh, at the Wanderers. Yeah, Monty didn't because I think he was up in the stands. So maybe the uh, maybe the radio was broken. Uh, get down to getting down to the assistant. So um, yeah, the cookie uh, boxes, the McDonald's cookie boxes with the string, it broke. Yeah, the string must have snapped in half or something. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just feel the the Mariners they've sort of lost their way over the last couple of weeks. Um, a bit of ill discipline with with some red cards and um, you know that that the Wanderers get a player sent off in uh, Marcelo and then um, they, they end up scoring and going 2-0 up. So I just think maybe they're starting to show there's, there's a bit of a lack of leadership in that. They've got a, a lot of young players. Um, but, yeah, just, just some silly, silly moments in, in football matches that are costing them at the moment. Moving on to the, uh, the third of the Saturday games, it was Western United hosting Perth Glory. What happened here? Yeah, it was the uh, the young Noah Bodic show again. The uh, 21-year-old scored the winner in a, in a 2-1 come-from-behind victory 
uh, out at Mars Stadium in, in Ballarat. Um, the, old bull, the old bull fed him the uh, fed fed a, a middle aged bull who fed the young bull. The young bull's uh, he's on fire at the moment. Yeah, to it's, uh, to to Bodich to Lockie Wales to Bodich to Bodich. Yeah, no, it was a, a great finish to be honest. Um, oh, it was sensational you know, technique. Th- that that technique to to chest that to bring it down to to have the spatial awareness to know that there's no one around you and. Um, you know, to know that you have the time and space to actually do that. Um, that shows a bit of maturity beyond his years, I think. And, um, like I said, I think after getting a bit of a, a few, few run of, run of games now, uh, he's finding that confidence and, and he's showing his class. And, and that's a, that's a strike. That's a, a finish that you'd see a striker that's played, you know, 10, 10, 15 seasons in a, in a league anywhere in the world. So, um, you know, hats off to him. Uh, he's hit a bit of a pur- purple patch. Um, but yeah, that, that was just absolutely brilliant technique to, to score that. And, um, it was the eventual winner in the end. Um, after, uh, uh, was it Dumbia, Tongo Dumbia, I think equalized in the 42nd minute. So after Jordan Elsie's, uh, goal gave Perth the lead. So 2-1 to ST United. Um, but yeah, the name on everyone's lips, uh, leaving the stadium is, is Noah Bodich. And I think Aloisi was sort of quick to put a bit of a, a cooler on it and say, just, you know, Give him, give him some space, and um, you know, let, let's not uh, let's not get on him and, and big him up too much because he, he's still got a long way to go. But um, he is a player for the future. Mate, I'm going to tell Aloisi you should be pumping him up because I'll be honest, you've uh, let too many of your young players go this year, and you're relying on old legs. So if you've got a young guy in there who's doing the job at the moment, uh, maybe that's the way you should have been heading. And I'm not saying they should get rid of all the guys in there with the experience, but he let uh, a couple of guys go and he's been banking on the uh, the, uh, the older guys rather than the younger guys. So if I was him, he got this one right, I'd be uh, I'd be pumping it up and putting it all over my socials. But quick question before we move on, is Perth the most disappointing team this season? So second last, only five wins. They added in the transfer window, Taggart and Elsie, who are two quality players, so they're already good roster. They've only got seven points out of the last 24. I don't know if it, there, there's any truth in the rumour that w- there was fight club between, uh, you know, Ruben Zakovic and Collie, but it, it, things don't seem to be going well there. And I expected Perth to make a, a genuine run, uh, you know, in January for the finals, and now they're going backwards. They, they might, if there was relegation, they'd be uh, looking at the wooden spoon. Yeah, they're just a frustrating club, I think, at the moment. And they've been a frustrating club for a couple of years now. So uh, they just can't seem to find that consistency or that right mix and, and balance of players. Um, they've been, you know, we spoke about they've been good at home at Macedonia Park in a, in a smaller venue this year with a, a great crowd there each week. Um, but then away from home, they've just been disappointing. And like you said, what, seven points from, from the last 24 uh, is probably not good enough and, and not worthy of uh, a spot in the finals. So um, they've got a, a long way to go. They've still got a young coach, um, a lot of young players in the squad. Um, you know, uh, if, they, if they were to make a, a top six finish this year, it would have been a massive achievement. So, um, you know, it's not all doom and gloom, but when you've got players, adding players, like you said, Jordan Elsie has had a you know, wealth of experience in the league, Adam Taggart coming back. Um, you know, he, he needs he needs the service up top to to be a um, you know to get back to his his days where he was one of the top strikers in the A League. So um, if he's not getting that service, then it's going to be very difficult for him to to score any goals for Perth. And the uh, last of the Saturday games was the Big Blues Sydney FC versus Melbourne Victory. 
Uh, the final score was 1-1. Not a vintage performance from Sydney, who is struggling to fire, but a nice strike by Anthony Caceres gave the Sky Blues three points, bagging rights in the big blue and an important step towards finals football, not to mention cementing the enemy to the bottom of the table. It is 1-0, the final score. So oh, Sorry, 1-0. I think you said 1-1. Sorry. You're trying to sneak a point in there for, for victory, but... Um, has yeah, it was with, with me uh, liking the, uh, the, the the victory. Nothing to do with that. It was a slip of the tongue. <laughs> yeah, look, it, it was one of those games. I think Sydney had to they they grounded out in the end. Um, Max Burgess with a, a silly red card. I think he's copped a two week suspension from that. Um, just a bit of bit of frustration on on his behalf. And um, I've told yeah. him I've told him off air. He needs to go and do some yoga or something. But apparently he's doing lots of yoga. So. I'm not sure at the moment. He's in the best form he's ever been in. He's scoring goals. He's Kareka's loving him. He's playing every week. So I don't know what he's got to be cranky about. I don't know if he's had a bad bet. I don't know if he's uh, lost his favourite shoes. He's sick of the rain some days. And one next day it's hot. I'm not sure what's going on with uh, Maxi Burgess. But mate, you should be loving life. Yeah, he, sh- he should be. And it's disappointing. A bit of a, a you know lapse of concentration or, or just 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 silly uh, behaviour really. So uh, and he knew it straight away. Uh, but good to see Caceres on the on the score sheet. Um, you know, I thought Ryan Grant was good getting forward. Um, yeah, probably a, a fair result in the end, but I think Victory would probably walk away from this one thinking we should have got something out of this game. Uh, they're walking away saying, please end the season. And moving on to the uh, last of the... Uh the last game of the round, it was the only Sunday game. It was MacArthur Bulls uh, welcoming Brisbane Raw to Campbelltown. What happened in this one, VIG? Yeah, it was a five-goal thriller, and, and the Bulls are back to winning ways. Um, goals to MacArthur for Arabuli, Miller, and McGinn, and uh, goals to Brisbane Raw to uh, O'Shea and Lofthouse. Um, but, yeah, it was a bit of heartbreak for Brisbane in this one, I guess, after fighting back from 2-0 down to get it to 2-all. Um, they, they showed some good character there. O'Shea scored in the 78th and then Lofthouse in the 80th. So uh, they've pulled it back to two all with, with 10 to go and, and probably thinking we're going to get something out of this game um, away from home. And MacArthur at that stage are probably thinking this one's slipped away from us. We've led a, a two-goal lead, uh, the most dangerous lead in football. Um, I don't know what it is, but that scoreline, I, I'd love to know, uh, find a stat of how many teams have been Leading at a two nil at um, you know at half time or, or, or you know after sixty five seventy minutes and have gone on to either draw or lose the game. But hey, give me two um, nil any day of the week. I'll take two nil every single game, and uh, I don't care if, if if the stats show that eighty five percent of the teams, my teams won't be losing if I'm leading two nil at half time. I'm telling you, that's that's it. So, but yeah, there was a bit of late drama. Um, there was a red card to Jordan Kurt, Courtney Perkins uh, for a second second yellow. Uh, in, in stoppage time, it was a bit of a nothing challenge. It was, it was a uh, nothing. You know, it was nothing. It was, it was, stu- it was stupid. But you've seen him given before, and he's, he's copped a second yellow and been sent off. And uh, that was followed by a Jake McGinn winner. From I'm MacArthur. not saying Vij he shouldn't have been sent off if it's two yellow card offences. But if he gets a miss one, miss one week, he should have just whatever your punishment you've given the team there, whether you miss one minute of the game or you missed eighty minutes of the game, that's enough. Like it yeah. was, there wasn't any foul play. There was no malice. It was just a a, a tired tackle you know, it was a nothing so now to miss a game i just find that ludicrous anyway i don't know that's one of the rules i need to look at yeah it's stu- it's stupid but um it, it was a a nice um controlled header from from jake mcginn uh to, to score the winner in in stoppage time and i think it was a ivan vujica cross uh he sort of just lobbed lobbed back into the box into the mixer and uh towards the back post and i think it got caught up in the in the wind a little bit and, and mcginn sort of had to adjust his body, but it was a, a lovely controlled header and uh, a, a worthy winner in the end. Mate, with the late win, the Bulls are only three points outside the top six. Can they play finals football? 
that's that's it's a good question. Honestly. They can, but will they? they, 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 I'll they put it yeah, look, they can. They're 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 back in the mix now, but I, I still don't think they can. Okay, and is that because uh, Matt Miller's got five goals this year, right? And he's their leading scorer, which is a fantastic contribution and says a lot about his performance this year as a fullback. But does that say a lot about their attack this season too? He's a leader yeah. from fullback and he's got five goals. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think there's some some more issues at that club, uh, underlying issues um, that have probably been papered over by a few a few wins this season. So um, I know they're back in the hunt. Mathematically, yes, they can make the, make the six, but my gut feeling and, and the way they perform and the way they play and uh, the way that club is set up at the moment, um, come the end of the season, it's a no for me. You're listening to the Football Revolution. Joining us now in the player escape room is former Newcastle Jets and Western United forward. Please welcome to the show, Heidelberg United, nice guy, Kane Shepherd. G'day, Kane. How are you? Good. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me on board and thanks for the nice introduction. Mate, it's great to have you here. And, uh, mate, I'll explain a little bit later why I've referred to you as the nice guy. I know there's a lot of football terms, uh, nice football terms that people refer to you as, but I'll explain to you the nice guy. But, uh, mate, you're now in your second spell at Heidelberg, uh, which you've done previously with multiple stints at uh, Histon as well as Avondale. You've started the uh, season with a draw and a loss. How's the vibe in the squad? To be honest, the vibe's still very good. Um, I think <laughs> pre-season was, was good. It was good for me. I had my first full pre-season um, in a good couple of years because I've been in and out of clubs. So it was nice for me to have a full pre-season. Uh, we got a few new players in. We're trying to you know play a bit more football and work on a few things. Um, Danny and I was a tough game. They're always a tough game, especially... If you can see the goal early against them, they'll just defend like they like they did against us, and you know try and catch on the counter attack. Which, to be fair, they did well, and we couldn't get the just couldn't get the goal. And then Hume, I think we needed to get a win there. We had a good few opportunities, but I think everyone in the league has been a bit, you know, a few draws. There's only been I think two teams that have had two wins out of two, um, so it's still pretty much. Everyone's uh, in there at the moment, and we, but we don't want to get too far away where we fall too far behind. Mate, there's another chance tomorrow night to get your first win versus St Albans, but uh, that's a, obviously a very important thing for you guys at the moment. But the other thing I'm really concerned about is this photo of you that's on the uh, the Victorian uh, uh, MPL site of you bandaged up like uh, Humpty Dumpty. I'm not sure what this is. Like I said, you're a good-looking rooster. I don't understand where they're going with this. Can we get a petition started to get this photo replaced or torn down or something? Honestly, I would love if there was a petition to get this photo <laughs> taken off Google completely. I even have family back home in England who still see this photo and they send me it and say, what happened to your head and what's this pineapple on your head? You look a mess and all this stuff. So if you could start that, I'm like, we can make that happen. I'll be very happy. Mate, they're probably really concerned. They're looking, they're going, what the hell is Australia doing to our son? Well, it's kind of cash to me too because i got a pineapple on, but then I'm smiling, running away, <laughs> celebrating. So they're probably thinking I'm a bit crazy. So... <laughs> Mate, last year was a great year for you sharing the MPL Victorian Men's Gold Medal, the best player with Joe Knowles. So congratulations. That's a fantastic achievement. And uh, it shows that you've still got plenty of football left in you. What prompted you to return to the Warriors? Yeah, thank you, firstly. Um, I'll give a, sh a shout-out to George Mills as well because he had the same points as us too, I think. Um, he just had a red card. So I told him not to tackle so much because I wanted <laughs> to get red cards. So. Okay. Uh, but yeah, first, that would have been the first three ways. But I think they've had a couple of dual winners before, but uh, I don't think they've had a three way. So he's probably uh, avoided having history in the books of having all three of you, but sharing it with one other is probably a little bit better for you. 
Yeah, I think from what they said, it was the first joint one they've had as well with uh, Nolsey. So obviously he had a really good season and now he's up at Brisbane and I still watch some of the games he plays in and it was good for him to score his first goal a couple of weeks ago. So well-deserved. But yeah, for me personally, it was a good good season um, coming off, you know, coming out of the A-League as well, um, having to make a few decisions, coming back to NPL. From a team's perspective, we didn't start off very well last year either, so it was tough in, in that regard. Uh, we still made finals by the end of it, but we made tough work of it. But for me personally, it was nice to yeah score plenty of goals and play striker and just play. I was involved in every single game, I think, which was like 32, 33 games, including Cup as well. Um, and then, yeah, to win the gold medal, I was very surprised. Um, I had no speech prepared, no nothing. I had no hints that I was going to be up there. And I was actually... Um, Sitting in the room, and I had the way I was sitting, I had my back to the board, and they were announcing the votes, and I was in the middle of eating my chocolate dessert or whatever they gave us, which was <laughs> which was beautiful. And then I turned around, and they're like, "You're two points off winning this." And I was like, "Really?" And then I remembered, I think I scored a goal or got an assist or something in the last couple of rounds, and I was like, "Oh, I could be on here." And yeah, got announced at the end as a joint, so I was pretty happy. Mate, where's the medal now? Have you got it? Uh hanging pride of place in your place or has it just been thrown in the sock drawer or where, where is it currently sitting? No, no. So my A-League shirts, my medals, whatever I've got, I send them to England and they go back to my brother um, and he puts them all in frame. So currently he's put in, I think it was my FA Cup shirt from Heidelberg in a frame and he's got the gold medal as well to go in the frame as well. Mate, there's another reason for nice guy, and I haven't even touched on why I call you that. <laughs> uh, mate, the even better news was not only did you get the best player of the league, but they didn't put that photo of you up on the big board either when you received it. That would that would have been that would have taken some of the gloss away, wouldn't it? I think I would have walked out the exit door and just <laughs> <laughs> asked someone to pick up the medal for me and I'll get it off them the next day. <laughs> mate, looking at like I said, you got player of the year last year. You did share it with Joe Knowles, but it still shows that you were, you know, the, the, the best player in the Victorian MPL, which is a very strong league. So obviously there's a few A-League clubs that have egg on their faces who may have had an opportunity to take you. You're still only 29, so you are still a player that could add a lot of value. So, mate, is there a team in the A-League that you think would suit your style? Because I'm not going to say you, that they should be looking at, uh, you know, what they should do for you, but what you could do for them. Because you're, you're the player of the year in the NPL, right, in the Victorian NPL. So you should be still a hot commodity. So is there a team you think that uh, they should be looking for you? Yeah, well, it's interesting because for me, you know, I scored plenty of goals, but in the league itself, I had to learn how to play just as an out-and-out out number nine, whereas in previous years, I kind of played as a bit of a nine, a bit of a ten, dropped into pockets, but my role last year was specifically just an out-and-out out number nine. Um, I still got a few assists, so it was interesting for me to learn that stuff, but I learned from people like Roy O'Donovan. Love the, the big man. Yeah, the big man himself. I know he's a Sydney uh, Olympic at the moment and still scoring the goals. So um, I learned a lot from him. Um, Ernie Merrick used to teach me a lot playing number nine as well. Um, so that he was my first coach. And then even when I went to Western United, I learned a lot um, from Barisha um, as well, who taught me a load of stuff and would give me some sticks sometimes if I wasn't. We were doing passing patterns. My movement wasn't very good. He'd have a, a bit of a go at me, but it was good because I learned lots of stuff. And then it was kind of nice because, in a way, I put it into practice last season. Um, and yeah, in terms of A League clubs, um, you know, if they're looking for a, a striker, a number nine that, you know, wants to, a bit more of a traditional one, I suppose, in a way, because I'm still fairly, you know, tall, 
I just want to hold the ball up and get in the box and, and score the goals pretty much. So at the end of the day, my aim was to have a good season and do my best for Heidelberg um, and see if anything came from that in terms of A-League again. Um, I did put my name out there again, but nothing had come up at that point. Mate, you've surely done that by uh, what you achieved last year. So, look, mate, I'm, I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to see who's – I'm going to start digging around. Surely they want the player of the year, right? They've got one of them, Joe Knowles, Brisbane. They were smart enough to snap him up. But uh, we'll start looking around. I hope, like I said, that you get back into the A-League soon. But if not, I reckon there could be a chance with big Roy O, right, assistant coach at Olympic, he's not going to play forever. So when he steps down, obviously at the moment there's probably not room with him there. But if he decides at the end of this year he'll hang the boots up and he'll just stick with the clipboard, maybe we'll see you in Sydney, mate. That'd be exciting for Olympic fans and for me because that's closer to me. Yeah, it will be, but honestly, I can't see Roy hanging off his boots anytime soon. You know, he's still doing well. He's still banging in the goals. And uh, if this second division or whatever happens, I can see him being being involved in it and enjoying it because I know him. I know he loves football and I know he's getting into his coaching. But, uh, I mean, I enjoy scoring goals and I know he loves scoring goals too. So, I, honestly, I can't see him hanging off his boots anytime soon. Mate, there's only so much he can juggle. He's got two kids. He's got Network <laughs> 10. He's got Sydney Olympic, assistant coach at Sydney Olympic, playing Olympics. Something has to give, right? So he's not giving the kids away because they're fantastic. <laughs> he loves being on the camera, so that's definitely staying. So something at Olympic has to give, right? So maybe there's a chance, like I said, we see you in the blue of the famous blue of Olympic next year. Maybe. He's, he's got my number, so uh, we'll wait to see if he gives me a call if he listens to this podcast. <laughs> All right, well, he used to be a guest host. Up until last year, he was uh, he was doing one a, a regular segment in the know with Roy O for me last year, and uh, he was the star of the show. And then this year, Channel 10 stole him, so I love every second of it. But uh, as disappointing as it is, he's gone to, to bigger and greater things, so I can't begrudge him, right? Yeah, that's true. He's doing well on Channel 10. I love listening to him. I know sometimes my uh, partner's are. What did he say? He's talking, he's talking a bit fast at the moment, but so I have to translate that for him. But uh, no, he's doing he's doing a good job. Mate, speaking of uh, a men's second division, which is uh, obviously open at the moment and uh, with entries to close in March and then for who penciled in to start next March, does your club Heidelberg have ambitions to be in that league? Do you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think they put a video on their social media the other day that they were uh, or they had applied or uh, were applying for the expression of interest. Um, so they put that on their social media the, uh, the other day. And I know from conversations, they're keen to get back in there. And uh, ever since I've moved over, to be honest, I went had my first in at Heidelberg. I know the president and the board and stuff like that have had ambitions to work towards you know the infrastructure of the club. Um, and if there is a, to be a second division, I always know that's what they've worked towards. And in, now they're making it happen. It's been a long road for them, but they're getting there. And hopefully, hopefully it happens and hopefully they'll be in it. Like no one can believe it's been, what, 15 or 16 years since great clubs like Heidelberg and, and Arpia and that have been in the top division. So hopefully we can get this up off the ground. But uh, your team finished sixth last season, as you said, and was knocked out in the finals by Oakley Cannons on penalties, those dreaded penalties. Yep. What is the goal this year? So obviously you're looking to try and do as well as you can because of the fact that there is a second-tier competition coming around and maybe that's one of the criteria. But what, what, what's the club looking to achieve this year? Um, first and foremost, make finals again. Um, every year it should be to make finals, but we don't just want to make finals. We want to be up at the table again, um, you know, like they had a few years back when they were winning championships and things like that. And since then, I know they've had a bit of a turnover of players. Um, some of them were a bit older and moved on and things like that. And we're happy they won plenty of trophies. 
Um, so I think we would just like to get back up there. We, you know, obviously the ultimate goal is to win a trophy as well, leading into that second division and build some momentum and look forward to that. They're in a good position. They've got the player, the current player of the year in their squad. So uh, it should be good signs ahead. Mate, you mentioned, uh, I mentioned earlier that uh, you are a nice guy and it's not just only because your former teammates I speak to tell me you have a big heart and that is also proven, but by KS Foundation that you found in 2019. Please tell us yes. a more about this initiative. So I, I know what it does, but I'd rather hear it come from you. You found it. It's your baby. So tell us a little bit more about it. Yeah, so this uh, happened when I was at Newcastle. Um, I had an injury um, and I ended up having surgery on it, which kept me out for, I think, four or five months in the end. And we had the PFA come in and they talked to you about doing stuff outside of football, whether it's like finding a job or something for the future that you like or, you know, working with charities. Um, and I decided at the time I wanted to look at charities. So I reached out to a couple and I realized they were taking too long to get back to me because I had too much other stuff going on. Um, and I wanted to do something and it was more for my brother. My brother has autism and he still lives in England. Um, and I did a bit more research into that and had a look um, and just decided to start the KS Foundation. And basically what we created was sensory rooms. Um, so we would provide um, a place at the stadium, which Laurie McKinna was the CEO at the time and who was fantastic with everything. He'd give us a box, he'd give us tickets. And we would essentially invite families in with children with autism and they would come and watch the game in a box. And it just provides them with a safe environment where um, if stimulants get too much, such as noise, the lights, the crowd, um, weather or whatever it might be, um, they can come back into the room and we set up a room um, where they have tents, they have headphones, they have stuff to calm them down and then they can come back in. Um, but the main difference pretty much is they're able to watch the game at the same time. Whereas sometimes if they go and they sit in the stands um, and this stuff sets them off or they have a bit of a reaction, they normally have to leave because they have nowhere where they can retreat. So families sometimes wouldn't even go. So we were lucky enough to have families come together and watch games and some of them have never done that as a family before. So they were able to do that and enjoy that. And I was nervous on my first one. Um, I've had some real good people help me with it. The main one's been Shane uh, Brolo uh, in Newcastle. He volunteers every single time and he's really good with uh, the kids and all that stuff. And the first one we did, I was really nervous. I didn't think we were going to have any families. And um, I was up there myself because I was injured. And then I think halfway through the season, we had a waiting list of people who wanted to come and watch the Jets play and just enjoy the room and come as a family. And then from there, we did um, a Melbourne City game before COVID and we did uh, a Matildas game as well, which was amazing. That's absolutely sensational, mate. And uh, it just goes to show, like I said, if you want to do something badly enough, you'll do it. And you've obviously got a uh, you know, a big push in the fact that your brother has autism. So um, he's, he's lucky to have a brother like you and, mate, it's fantastic. And if there's any way that the uh, football revolution can ever help, mate, please let me know because it's a fantastic in initiative and, you know, everyone should be able to enjoy the world's greatest games. So, um, mate, congratulations to you. It's a fantastic charity. No, I appreciate that. I was lucky enough that my brother was able to come out to Australia when I was playing at Newcastle. Um, my family, my mum and dad came too and they saw what we, what we created, which was good because I never really understood it too much when I was growing up. Um, I know that my brother used to get pretty angry at games and he used to, if I got tackled or something, they'd abuse the ref and things like, things like that. And my dad used As to have to do. <laughs> um, so, but I never really understood why and what happened. And then when I did and creating this room was 
amazing. Um, and due to COVID, we didn't really do anything for a couple of years because we did do a couple of football clinics as well, um, just for children with autism to come down and just basically have a kick and have some fun, nothing too serious, just have a run around, learn some skills. Um, and then, yeah, due to COVID, we pretty much ended up being pretty much closed down because, you know, there was these bills or, or whatever, and it was all coming out of our own pockets as well. So we never, you know, took any money or anything like that from it. Um, and then luckily I spoke to the FA last uh, two weeks ago and we managed to do a small one for the Matildas game in Newcastle last week. So that was good. And then I'll put a little plug in here. My aim is hopefully to have at least one or two or be involved somehow at the Women's World Cup. Okay, absolutely brilliant, mate. It's uh, fantastic what you're doing. And, uh, yeah, I just think that the football's lucky to have someone like you, mate, who's willing to put their time in and do this. And it's it's a fantastic cause. So, uh, mate, all the best with that. Mate, I, I'm not going to start rumours here, but like I said, you know, you've got Roy O, who's at Olympic, Laurie McKinnon's at Olympic. So you've mentioned another person who's a, who's a big wig now at Sydney Olympics. So, mate, this is starting to gain momentum, right? So if people <laughs> see you at Olympic next year, they heard it here first, right? This is where it all started. And I know this is disappointing for Heidelberg fans, but uh, it's, <laughs> it's exciting for Olympic fans and we'll, and we'll leave it at that. And uh, and the worst part is I know Labby well as well. I don't, we didn't hear that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, let's get stuck into the first game I like to play with my guests. It's called Six Aside. I usually compare uh, you with a current teammate one-on-one, but I'm going to put a spin on it this time and leave it open to all former or current teammates. You ready to play? Ready. Which player has the best sense of humour? Oh, Jason Hoffman. Okay, at the Jets. At the Jets when I was there, he was uh, he was always cracking jokes and he just loved it. And he's still going around too. Yeah, what with his jokes or his football? With both, I think. I think, <laughs> I think it's a dead heat. I think he's he's still t- cracking the jokes and he's still out there playing for the Jets. So um, he's doing well. Yeah, he's doing well. He's always cracking everybody up, and the best part is he's always laughing at his own jokes. So I'll give him that one. Okay, so just off the back of that, and this is not one of the other questions. So who do you miss most out of the teams you've been at the Jets and West United? Who do you miss the most and wish they'd come with you to Heidelberg or that you know you'd followed each other around? Oh, what a question. Um, Roy is definitely one of them because we always go on well. Yeah. Um, and the other one would be Ronnie Vargas. Okay. Just because I, I loved him, his accent, everything about him, such a nice guy. Um, we got on really well. Um, and, yeah, now he's obviously retired. Um, but, you know, he could probably still do a job in NPL if he, if anyone needs him. Not Sydney Olympic, though. Okay. <laughs> but they're two cracking players and two cracking lads, so, mate, not surprised. Which player is guaranteed to pick up a joint bill? So if you go for breakfast in the, as a team, who's I know there's guys that run. There's plenty of those guys that run, even though they're on big pay packets. <laughs> who's one of those guys who's straight away happy to pick up the joint bill? Oh, who's guaranteed the best at it? That's a tough question. Um, I'm going to say Danny Georgeski. Okay, he's got even more cash now, right? Oh, on network ten. He's on Network 10 now as well. and Network 10 runs his own academy. That's what I'm the- saying. So, if, 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 look, it's nice. Sometimes people have money because they hold on to it, but he seems to have money and spend it. So that's quite impressive. Yeah, I might have to hit him up for a breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, mate, I might too. I might just send him a message <laughs> saying, hey, mate, a bit hungry, wouldn't mind some avo and smashed avo and toast. So, um, all right, beautiful. Who takes the longest in the shower? The longest in the shower. Yeah, who's one of those guys that you just know the rest of the team's gone and as you walk out, you see their their partner or their family just sitting there going, oh, God, is he still in the shower? <laughs> um, there was a couple when I was at Newcastle. I'm going to say Lockie Jackson 
Okay. He was always in the shower for a long time. Matt Miller was always in the shower for a long time. And Bobby Burns, when he was at Newcastle, okay. like him and Matt Miller were normally in there together arguing about something. And <laughs> they never really knew what they were arguing about, but they would argue for a very long time and they were in there for ages. Well, I'm hoping that MacArthur Bulls has a strong hot water system, right? So, because uh, <laughs> he's doing a lot of running now, he's scoring goals as well. He's doing all these extra kilometers he doesn't need to do. So, he's probably sweating more. So, I'm, I'm hoping they have a good uh, hot water system there at the Bulls. Oh, I always just ask Matty why he enjoyed running so much. And he just, he's like, I'm playing right back and I just want to get up front. And whenever we used to play five sides, he would never pass the ball and he would always just get it and shoot. And nine times out of 10, I'm going to say this, it didn't go in. Um, but luckily for him this season, in games, it's, uh, he's going and he's top goal scorer. Well, someone has to step up right at the Bulls. So <laughs> maybe they need a striker. I, I know. I'm starting. This is starting to be momentum <laughs> again, Kane. Who is the best roommate? doesn't have to be someone that you shared with. It might just be one of your teammates who said he's the, he's the best and you just never got around to sharing a room with him. But who's the best roommate? Oh, the best roommate. You can, um, also, you can also flip it. If there's someone that you think is terrible and you, and you can't come up with one that you like, I'm happy for you to throw someone under the bus even though you're a nice guy. <laughs> um, a good roommate for me was Brad Inman. Um, when we went, we went to Tasmania, I think, and we spent like 12 days, uh, 12 days 10 days together. And we were we did everything together. We didn't leave each other's side, and we were pretty pretty chilled out. And he was good too. He would take me for coffees, and in that sense too, maybe because I maybe he thought I was a good roommate, and I was looking after him for twelve That's days. Yeah, I'd say more than likely, Mister Nice Guy. I'd say that could be the case. <laughs> Who is the best trainer? Whether it be on the pitch at training or in the gym, who's the, if, if you could just say one player that you know everyone just looked at and was like, this guy's a beast. Yeah, I'm gonna go for. Barisha, actually, when I was at Western United, yeah. um, he was always looking after his body. Um, he didn't miss many sessions. You'd walk in the gym in the morning and he's already in there on the on the treadmill or on the bike or doing his exercises. And for someone who was coming towards the, the end of their career at the time and still so hungry to score goals, um, from that point of view, I'd probably say, say him. I love that because uh, my young fella's a striker too and he thinks you just turn up and you score goals so that you've told told us that he, you have to work hard and be the first in the gym and the last out. I love that because now he will start to realise that you have to put the work in. So I'm glad you've chosen someone who was, you know, he's currently the all-time leading scorer, but uh, I know he's got J-Mac chasing him down. So he will be for maybe a week or two longer or maybe even slightly longer, but uh, it's only a matter of time. But, yeah, he's a fantastic player. Yeah, he's a, he was good for me. Like I said, I learned, I learned a lot from him and just his movements and the hunger he had to score goals and, Stuff like that. But probably the other one I'm thinking about it now, coming back to it for a good trainer, was when I was uh, in England, uh, late in Oran. And people always ask me about this one, so I'm not just giving it a plug. But Harry Kane came on loan when uh, I was at uh, late in Oran. I'm a Spurs fan, so you got my attention already, Kane. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a Spurs fan too. So, um, But uh, he came on loan to late in Oran. I think he must have been 18 and I was 17. He came on loan with Tommy Carroll. Okay. Um, I'm sure you remember him too. Okay. Um, and everyone was raving about, about Tom Carroll, how good he was. He never gives the ball away. And people were talking about Harry Kane and saying, oh, we're not sure about him and all this. But I did did shooting and training with him after. I didn't really train much with him in the first team. Um, I played against him in the reserves against Tottenham as well. But again, he's another one who was in the gym. Um, he was on the pitch and always just scoring the goals. And you could tell he had something for scoring goals um, and just... The mentality as well, just 
that he was on loan, but he never, you know, lost belief or faith. And you hear him now talking, and he always believed that he would do well. And luckily for us, as Tottenham fans, he scores us some goals because <laughs> we need him to. Otherwise, we'd be in trouble, wouldn't we? <laughs> Look, I, I know you're saying he's scoring goals. He didn't this morning. I know he only made a cameo off the bench, but we're hoping he's saving those up for uh, AC Milan next week. So fingers crossed. He's, uh, he's He's got a couple of those stashed away for when we play the Italians again. Yeah, I hope so. We need him to uh, to do something because <laughs> we need something special because we seem to uh, crumble in these big games. As much as I hate to say it, we uh, crumble. And I feel for him because I want him to win a trophy as well. Yeah, me too. But, uh, mate, look, I, I did notice too that you didn't put him in there as the guy who pays the bill, the split bills. So um, I'm going to throw him in there. So that means it made it <laughs> scale there. I'd like to think he would now. Um, but back in then, them days at Lane Orion, I don't know what he was on. <laughs> we were still a Tottenham. But now I'd like to say, yeah, I think he would, would take us out. <laughs> All right. And the last one, which player would make the best Hollywood actor? Oh, Hollywood actor. You've got some good questions. They're not they're not easy ones. You've got to I think know. of the I know. <laughs> That's the plan. <laughs> I'm gonna to have to go Danny Georgeski in, I think. Okay. He likes being in front of the camera, he likes talking and he likes acting a little bit, he likes doing his hair. So I think he could... what sort of genre of movie do you think he'd be in? Oh, romantic for sure. Okay. He'd be, be a love machine or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He wouldn't want me to admit it, but he's uh, deep down, he's very, uh, you know, soft-hearted and he'd be good in a romantic film, I reckon. Mate, if, he, if he's struggling for any gigs, I reckon you should be his agent, honestly. You, I reckon you, I'd do a good job. Right. I wouldn't, he, if it was him, he'd say action thriller or something, but I don't think that's his type of film. That's why I should be his agent, I reckon. <laughs> All right, mate, you smashed that. Let's get into the second game I like to play, which is called 1-2. I'll give you a few topics and you just tell me in a few words uh, what your thoughts are on it. AFL. The Swannies. Are you a Swans man? Oh, <laughs> I don't really watch much AFL, but when I uh, first moved to Australia, my housemate here was from Sydney yep. and he took me to a Swannies game and ever since I just said I support the Swannies. So. Mate, I can't give you a hard time. I've, li- I've lived in Sydney a lot of my life and I'm a Hawthorne fan. So uh, you just pick the team you like, right? There's reasons for everything. So um, as much as I don't like the Swannies and I'm a big Hawks man, I respect your decision. Thanks, but you're also Aussie. I'm also from England, so it makes it better for me. <laughs> yeah, <true>. Celebrity <laughs> crush. Anything, sports star, could be TV personality, celebrity crush. Oh, uh, sports star, I'm going to have to go Lewandowski. Yep. Um, just trying to think of, uh, it was, growing up, it was Jessica Alba. Okay, yeah, nice choices. Yeah, they're my two. All right, so you don't have any posters of them still on the wall? Lewandowski, maybe somewhere. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, <laughs> I think my girlfriend's okay with me having Lewandowski on there. Maybe not so much Jessica Alba, but she's okay with Lewandowski. Maybe if you just put them on the same picture, that way it looks like it's there together and you're fine, right? Yeah, I've, I've told her you can have your crush, who's I think is David Beckham, so she's all right. Just let me have mine. Okay. <laughs> Ability on the dance floor? Oh, very, very limited. Okay. Very limited to a couple of slow moves. Okay. Is, does alcohol help with the, the dancing uh, ability or no? If anything, it probably slows it down a bit more. <laughs> okay. the, hips may, the hips maybe sway a bit more, but it definitely slows down. <laughs> All right. Something you've always wanted to do but have never tried? Oh, good question. Um, play a professional tennis match. Okay. Who's your favourite tennis player? 
Uh, it was Federer. I like Nadal too. Um, I played a couple games with Roy. Yep. Um, I'm going to say that I beat him. He's probably not going to. He'll probably give me a call and say that's wrong. <laughs> okay. Um, we both got beat by Ronnie Vargas, yep. um, but I, I've had a few lessons, and maybe once I stop playing, it's something that I would uh, consider trying to be, be a bit more serious with. So maybe that. Well, mate, where you are at the moment, you can go to the Australian Open, so there's plenty of good tennis for you. We, unfortunately, only get the side events here in Sydney, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm just impressed that you, you said tennis because always everyone's talking about golf, and I don't get golf, so I much prefer tennis. So if uh, there was some players playing tennis, I like that better. Yeah, I love uh, I don't. I don't mind golf. Golf's okay. I get a bit bored sometimes, and, you know, if you start off and it's not a good round, it's very frustrating to continue 18 holes in a, in a bad mood, whereas... Uh, Especially off season, tennis is good too. Uh, I feel, think it's good for fitness and it's good fun. Uh, but I didn't know it's Ronnie Vargas doesn't play much tennis anymore. He plays that um, paddle paddle tennis. Yeah, or, yeah, the paddle tennis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe he's not as fit as he used to be, and he has to be on a smaller court. <laughs> so I might be able to beat him there. All right, we'll, we'll set a match up. What motivates you to work hard? Um, becoming better. I just want to improve on, you know, last season I scored plenty of goals, um, won the gold medal, which is amazing. But this season it's more to still do those things, but get closer to winning a, winning a trophy. So, you know, winning and just keep improving and keep seeing if I can challenge myself and do, th do th uh, different things as well. All right. And the last one, remembering special occasions. So birthdays, anniversaries, you're good or bad? I've got a lot better at this over the last okay. 12, 12 months. I used to be the day before rushing around. Um, my partner is very good. I remember everything and she would remind me uh, for Mother's Day, Father's Day, back home. She would remind me that I need to do all that stuff. Um, so that's good. Otherwise, I'd be in big trouble. Um, but I've got a lot better and I've decided to put them in my calendar and give myself at least three weeks notice. <laughs> Mate, this, this sounded like the start of AA. Oh, my name's Kane Shepherd. I'm a <laughs> recovered, uh, you know, special occasions, uh, <laughs> stuff up merchant. So look, it's good that you are, you, you found your feet again and you're starting to remember those. When's the last time you forgot something, something important? Something important? <sighs> I'm going to, I can't remember, it was my, it's my partner's birthday today, so, and I remembered that, and I've been organised for the last couple of weeks, so I'm just going to say I'm very good at it. Okay, happy birthday to her. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> mate, uh, as per usual, absolute star on and off the pitch, mate, I, I wish you all the best. I, I hope that uh, things go well again with Heidelberg. I'm not sure how much better you can go personally, considering you were player of the year last year, so at best you can only equal that, so we wish that for you as well. All jokes aside, mate, I think whichever team's lucky enough to have you for the next, you know, however many years you want to keep running around uh, is, is good for them and, and good for their fans. So we wish you all the best with that. Good luck uh, with the birthday celebrations tonight. Uh, I think you've got yourself uh, into the good books by saying you don't forget anymore and that, that means you've got a fantastic present stashed away somewhere, which I don't know what it is, but I'm, I'm hoping, fingers crossed and legs crossed, that you do. But, uh, mate, once again, thank you so much for uh, coming on the Football Revolution and uh, we'll check in with you again later in the year. No, beautiful. I uh, appreciate you having me on and find out a little bit more about the story and I really like what you're doing. So, yeah, appreciate you having me on board and maybe a part two in the future. You're listening to The Football Revolution. Welcome back to the show. It was great chatting with, uh, with Kane, a fantastic guy, and we wish him good luck this season and all the best with his amazing foundation. So now it's time for our clinical finish. Uh, first segment is our What the Foot. This one I think I touched on a little bit earlier. I jumped the gun, so apologies, but... Uh, 
the fourth official in the A-League women's game on the 11th of February between Sydney FC and Canberra United. Canberra won the match 2-1, but made four subs at four different times, breaching the rules, and therefore Sydney have been awarded the three points and a 3-0 win. This leaves the team from the Capitals' finals hopes on life support and the Sky Blues' minor premiership hopes given a huge boost. Is this fair? Should the fourth official stop this from happening? Should they be punished for an error that happened by the the, uh, fourth official? Yeah, like I said before, I don't think the club should be punished for an error like this. I think it's it's up to the officials to uh, monitor this and and keep track of when the substitutions were made. Um, I don't know the full the full story behind it. Uh, it's happened. Um, like let's just move on, sort of thing. It, it happened. I don't know how many weeks ago did it happen. Yeah, eleventh um, of February was a game. It's now been on the the sixth of uh, of sixth of March. If the fourth official was doing their job, which they're paid to do they would have said, hey, hang on a sec, you can't make any more subs. So, yeah, I think they need to take some responsibility here, and I think it's very harsh, uh, you know, on Canberra United here. And to be honest, you know, they said oh, any goal of the year or any player of the year award points will still count, but they don't because the game was null and void. So you're still saying that's still live and, and well, but the points aren't. So you've kind of gone for a hybrid of two two options here, but it's either can the whole game or keep the whole game, and I would have kept the whole game. So uh, that was my... WTF, what the foot for this week? It's happened, like you said, it's it's in the past. Um, like, did, did it really affect the outcome of the game? Did, did Canberra win because this player was substituted on? Um, you know. There's uh, no. Yeah, but there, <laughs> there you go. I, I think, um, you know, it's a, it's a mistake by, by the officials. Um, they're, they're there to officiate the game and, and make sure these things don't happen. Just handle it in-house. Moving on to games to watch this week. Perth Glory could be a a banana peel for the average travelling Wanderers. So they haven't been great in travels and Perth have been pretty good at uh, Macedonia Park this year. So it could be uh, a tough game for them. Mariners need to get back on track at home to the Bulls. And a final spot hangs in the balance when the fifth-placed Phoenix welcome the sixth-placed Sydney FC. Yeah, I think the interesting game for me is probably Central Coast MacArthur. you know, we spoke about it before. MacArthur, uh, yes, they're back in the run to to make the top six. I think they're only three points behind Sydney now. But you know, do they really deserve to be there? Have have they really put in performances uh, this season that that warrant a top six finish? Um, I still got questions over that. So um, if they can beat Central Coast this this weekend, maybe they can change my mind about it and 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 maybe push for a run into the top six. But um, a big game for Central Coast as well after a bit of a form slump in the, in the last couple of weeks. Moving on to uh, our TFR, TFR fantasy update. Uh, so my round 20 score was 100. I did crack the uh, the three digits. So that takes my total to 1541. How did you uh, fare in round 20, VIG? Raise the bat, son, but I'm going to um, I'm gonna match you and, and raise the bat myself. Uh, I got 106 points. Uh, which takes my total to uh, 1488. So slowly creeping up. I know it's only only six points, but I'm I'm just chipping away slowly week in week I'm out. I'm a bit nervous, mate, because I don't beat you in anything. So I was hoping that I could just cruise to victory here and I could just gloat a bit. But uh, you're too good for me, so you're starting to close things in. So look, if you just keep ch- chipping away at six points a week. I still think I've got this in the bag, but if there's a week where there's a blowout and you get 20 or 30, I'll really start to uh, sweat bullets. But uh, look, it was another solid week for me. I made no changes. Zawada continues to be hot with another goal, getting me 12, which was 24 as my captain. Neuenhoff, fantastic again, scored. He got me 16. And uh, the goal machine, Matt Miller, got me 15. 
Cold was Armiento. I don't blame him, though. He only got me one point, but he only had a 25-minute cameo off the bench. But uh, there was no real points on my bench, and I used zero subs. So an excellent week for me. Did you do much, or did you just uh, fly by the seat of your pants again as usual, VIG stats, man? No, a bit, bit of movement for me. I bought in three players. I bought in uh, Ryan Grant, who got me 11 points. Uh, Khalifi at Perth, who, who only got me three. I think I, I might have uh, put a curse on him because, you know, he, he's normally good for a penalty or two. I cry uh, he's, he's, <laughs> <laughs> the cray of curse is on, on Khalifi. Apologies to him. Um, and I brought in uh, Henry Hall from, from Brisbane, who, who got me 12 points. So he, he did well. Uh, shopping from you. A little bit, a little bit of, sh- a little bit of shopping. Uh, Malfitano on the score sheet a- a- as well. So, uh, and, and Aaron Kunda up top on the score sheet, and and Craig Goodwin as well. So, um, I had a I had a pretty solid week. A few players. Um, I think Callum Talbot came off the bench. Only got me two points. Uh, hey, James Gary. If you keep with this smart selling and buying, after United got touched up seven nil by Liverpool, they might be asking you in January to, uh, sorry, at the end of the season to be able to go and buy and sell for them so this might be your dream gig so just keep keep no. chipping away and uh, not only wait may you take me down but you might also get a gig at your beloved united no, i'm buying selling with peanuts at the moment imagine what i could do with the, <laughs> imagine what i could do with the united budget they're paying 80 million for anthony uh, imagine what i could do with that so i know man. Um, i hate to think if if they're listening i'm here He's, he, get get my number call jerry get my number all right if you missed any part of the show or you want to listen to the other episodes where can they catch it yeah, they can catch us on all good uh, podcast platforms, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, also on Football Nation Radio across their platforms and uh, also the video up on our YouTube channel. And if you want to um, VIG to buy and sell your players, you can text me and I'll uh, I'll give you his number and uh, I'll sort something out for you. But uh, things are heating up in both leagues, so plenty of games to enjoy this weekend. Thanks to our guest, Kane Shepherd. If you haven't already, please get behind BMW in his 160 kilometer for AVM Quest, which is an amazing, uh, amazing thing that he's doing and and a really worthwhile cause. And we hope you enjoyed the show even half as much as we enjoy bringing it to you. And we look forward to your company again next Tuesday. And as we say, until next week, rise up and join the football revolution. Have a great week. We'll catch you then.